This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning. Time for farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman. There is an area with light snow that extends really from Denver and in through western Nebraska through a large portion of South Dakota and far southeastern North Dakota this morning. A mixture of freezing rain, sleet, and snow will combine with fog in parts of central and eastern North Dakota this morning before that system eventually moves out of the region. Well, as of this morning, there are over 18,000 customers in North Dakota without power. Half of those are in Stutzman County. There has been significant moisture since Saturday. According to the North Dakota Agricultural Weather Network, Fargo received 2.74 inches of rain in that time. Wapaton reporting 2.38 inches. Ada, 1.6 inches. Purim, 1.56 inches. Hillsboro, 1.3 inches. And Warren, just over 7 tenths of an inch. Travel remains an issue with I-29 closed from Fargo to the Canadian border. Roads are open in other areas, but the Department of Transportation is advising no travel in parts of central and eastern North Dakota. Northwest Minnesota has areas with ice and snow-covered roads. Extra caution is advised. As the cold temps and more harsh weather moves in, there are important considerations for beef nutrition. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Great Plains Livestock Consulting beef consultant Dan Larson says ahead of calving, producers need to watch bread cow's body condition earlier rather than later. It's going to sneak up on guys because it has been so nice, but body condition scoring cows is going to be chief on, really chief on your mind in the cow herd because at some point we are going to have some winter and you know, we are going to put nutritional stress and environmental stresses on those cows and you know, the closer we get to calving, you know, we still want those cows in the body condition score six in our, you know, in our geography. We need to make sure that we get the young cows into a body condition six. So make sure you're out there in those cows and, and monitoring body condition and looking through them and making any changes you need to make now because it's a lot easier to do that in the second trimester than it is in the third, especially towards the end of the gestational period. Testing hay and other feeds for nutritional values is important to making feed adjustments, especially as calving season approaches and nutritional needs change. Then we get that done uh, post-haste so we can make changes to nutritional plans as we need to. Nutritional needs increase fairly dramatically. You know, From an energy standpoint, we typically shoot for around a 60 NEM uh, kind of ration for those cows prior to calving. And that can go up to, depending on the weather, as high as a 67 or a 68, you know, if the weather gets, gets extremely cold. And while those numbers don't seem to be dramatically different, it does take a fairly significant change in the energy of the ration to make that happen. You know, most of our haze are somewhere in the higher 50s, mid, mid to upper 50s in terms of energy. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Northeastern Brazil is expected to receive significant rainfall next week. World Weather Incorporated says the rainfall amounts should be enough to improve crop conditions. For the first time this growing season, topsoil moisture levels are rating adequate to surplus across more than 85% of crop production areas. Southern Brazil will likely miss out on, on those rains and will continue to see moisture stress. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro McCorcus uh, 
and Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood-Randall are in Mexico City today. They're meeting with Mexico's President Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador. The U.S. and Mexican leaders will be discussing the influx of migrants crossing the border. The issue came to a head last week when the United States reassigned border patrol agents and shut down two major rail crossings for five days. Those closures backed up rail traffic and limited agricultural exports. U.S. Navy forces shot down a dozen drones and multiple missiles on the southern Red Sea overnight. Houthi rebels were behind those attacks. Meanwhile, the militant rebels struck a different container ship on the Red Sea. Uh, the shipping company that owns that vessel is suspending all operations in the Red Sea and will reroute its shipments around Africa's Cape of Good Hope. The alternate route adds about two weeks to the shipping schedule. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, go to rrfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Crude oil prices posted a three-week high yesterday. The geopolitical situation gave crude prices a boost with the U.S. launching military strikes on three Iranian sites in response to drone attacks on American troops. Two more commercial ships were also attacked on the Red Sea. A weaker U.S. dollar was also supportive to the crude oil values. Corn rootworm pressure is becoming a bigger issue in northern areas. CHS Regional Product Specialist Tim Swanson encourages farmers to get in front of that issue in the year ahead. Yeah, I think first and foremost we're going to be traits. Uh, uh, that's going to be our biggest thing. Make sure we got the right traits on the seed uh, that are going to fight that off and at least hold it at bay. Um, and, and it is. It's moving hard and it's moving fast. And, and unfortunately, the mild winters aren't, aren't helping that any. Farm input costs have come down slightly, and Swanson says it'll still be important to talk with the local retailer to lock in seed and crop protection products. The supply chain problems in the recent past resulted in a different mindset amongst farmers. Uh, yeah, I would say we're seeing a, a pretty big shift. The growers buying earlier, starting to layer things in, really just try to take out some of that chaos uh, of the highs and lows that they've dealt with and just start managing a little, uh, managing in a different way, I think. The mild winter may be a concern for crop disease in the 2024 growing season. NDSU Extension soybean plant pathologist Wade Webster says the warm fall and early winter season should be a consideration. With that, there may be pathogens that are able to survive better than what they would be if we had a more harsh winter. Um, this is what we had last year or in previous years as well. So um, there could be potential issues, uh, you know, some, some foliar diseases um, as well as some of these soil-borne diseases that, that could become bigger issues next year because of this mild winter that we're in. Animal rights activists are gearing up for 2024. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more on what to watch out for in the coming year. On the doorstep to 2024, the livestock industry faces a continued assault from animal rights activists. 
Manager of Issues and Engagement for the Animal Agriculture Alliance, Abby Cornegie, talks about some of the newer tactics that they're seeing from activist groups. Direct Action Everywhere has really pushed this Right to Rescue campaign and something they're really spreading. They actually held trainings across the country as part of their campaign earlier this year, having like a roadshow that goes across and does trainings. But we'll continue to see, I think, that legislation. They're really pushing members of the animal rights movement to make friends with their legislators, to become subject matter experts in their minds so they can become that go-to person to push forward legislation that is maybe not friendly to animal agriculture. The attacks and misinformation continue to spread on social media, but Cornegie says that it's important to respond with the truth. Definitely, but we also don't want that to discourage you from posting that positive, proactive information that we all love. There's always going to be those people, but really I think the bigger picture is the cybersecurity aspect of it. We've seen a lot of attacks on that cybersecurity front, so if you do have an online presence, make sure it's safe and secured. They can't hack into your account. We had an instance earlier this year of a pork farm in Canada where they actually took ransom their security footage and wanted them to come out and claim that there were animal for allegations on the farm. Cybersecurity is a growing threat in animal rights, so we just want to make everyone aware. This is the Red River Farm Network. K Rose Company owner Carolyn Rose is helping cattle producers gear up for production and bull sales. Rose says it's important to be loud with your marketing while focusing in on creating a unique brand and sticking to the budget. There's a lot of sales, there's a lot of new producers entering the market, and so it's important that you stand out, that you have advertising that makes you unique. Think of the Golden Arches at McDonald's. And the other thing too is we need to make sure that we're working on a marketing budget. I see um, lots of producers kind of get nervous as their sale gets closer and just run more print ads or send out more you know, catalogs or X, Y, and Z and kind of blow the budget a little bit. Let's be intentional with those budgets, stick to what we know works, and I really think nowadays is the time for some modern marketing. Rose encourages producers to consolidate their catalog mailing list to make sure those materials get to the customers rather than the trash can. We used to have the catalog be our first point of contact, so we'd buy lists or we'd send them to the whole association, and that might be the first time they heard of someone. I don't want us to do that anymore. I want the catalog to be kind of an exclamation point. They should already know who we are. They should already know a little bit about the program. I don't think the catalog is a good handshake like it used to be. People are getting tons of catalogs. People throw catalogs away. They never get delivered. There's all of these options and kind of risks with catalogs. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. For the first time, the Chinese government has approved 26 licenses for domestic seed companies to produce biotech corn and soybean varieties. The goal is to become more self-reliant and less dependent on imports from the U.S. and Brazil. Despite rumors of a shortage, 2023 saw a record-breaking year for uh, beet sugar, that according to U.S. Beet Sugar Association President Cassie Bladow. By putting out these these false narratives and statements, it's you know, an attempt to um, increase profits um, for their own companies. But you know what what we're seeing is you know I think it's it's a you know a, a good condition on both sides in the sugar industry. We have you know the beet industry specifically a record um, production year that we're coming off of, and we're also seeing some of our customers who are reporting uh, record profits on their side as well. Blatto said any talk of a sugar shortage can be put to rest, pointing to another large end-of-the-year surplus. Uh, we've, we've actually got a significant surplus. Uh, according to USDA, the latest WASDE that they put out, we're expecting 3.4 billion pounds surplus. 
Checking markets at this hour, we are a bit lower this morning. We're down four cents for Minneapolis wheat for that March contract, seven twenty-five and a quarter. The May contract down four and a quarter cents. Chicago wheat for March, eight and three quarter cents lower, and the hard red winter wheat, KC March wheat, down seven. March corn, one and three quarter lower, four seventy-eight and a half. July down one and a half cents. Soybeans are down six cents for January, thirteen oh seven and a quarter, and the March contract five and three quarter lower. Soybean meal down a buck ninety for January. Soybean oil a half dollar lower for that March contract. Turn the page into January and plenty on that farm calendar, including the small grain update meetings for wheat, soybean, and corn producers. Uh, that will include uh, events January 9th, uh, Tuesday in Dilworth. On uh, January 10th, they're in Ada and Crookston. In Hallock on the 11th, also uh, Roseau on the 11th, St. Hilaire on January 12th. Again, the small grain update meetings on that agenda. The 54th Annual Sugar Beet Research Reporting Session will be held January 9th. That's taking place at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. And the South Dakota Pork Congress, it's their 55th Annual Pork Congress and Trade Show coming up. The dates will be January 10th and 11th. That, of course, taking place in Sioux Falls. And on the national level, Potato Expo coming up January 10th and 11th. That'll be held in Austin, Texas. That's the largest conference and trade show for the potato industry. And the Red River Farm Network will be broadcasting from Potato Expo once again. And there is a organic conference, the Minnesota Organic Conference, the only statewide conference on organic agriculture coming up in St. Cloud. The dates for that show, January 11th and 12th. Uh, they're going to have uh, about 30 different breakout sessions as well as a trade show for folks involved in the organic industry. And the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association, with their convention and industry trade show, the dates January 15th through the 17th in Fargo. Have a great day. Stay safe. This is the Red River Farm Network.